What Safe Harbor Wills and Trusts today can save you from the devastating financial loss due to Medicaid application mistakes, among others. Safe Harbor Wills and Trusts is the asset protection law firm. It's all they do. Stop procrastinating and protect your home and life savings today by calling 315-203-1747 and speak with a case manager. Call 203-1747 today. Safe Harbor Wills and Trusts. 1240 WATN presents Live at 5 with Glenn Curry. Sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at 5 with Glenn Curry. <laughs> <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a pothead fart? the telephones are ringing. Overload mode in the 21st century. Driving home with my hand on the cell phone. Pulling over, turning up and dialing to my fingers. Going nice This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at yes, Five. Yes, it's live indeed. Good, good, good day. Yeah, I've got to send this lovely picture of our in-studio guest. It's going to be a busy day today. We have uh, Chris and Scott Allen talking about some serious stuff that's going down in um, our favorite capital of the world. That, is, of course, is Albany. And what's happening with small businesses up here? Nefarious Albany. We'll explain why. I, I'm having a very fascinating cre- uh, discussion with both of them. I'm going to share that with you. But the bottom line is this. Albany doesn't like small businesses, apparently. And wh- what's going on? All right, so I'm going to put this. I got Chris and uh, uh, ladies first and Scott Allen. A- Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Is that correct? That's correct? All right, so I'm sending that over to News Junkie as we speak. Uh, so, because you are a guest, uh, guest today, the start off today on a Thursday show. Welcome to the Live at Five show. So let's uh, first of all you. establish this, uh, Chris and Scott, because this is deja vu, is it not? Yep. Ten We're, years ago. Oh, oh, let me open up your microphone. Say a couple words into that, Chris. Hi, everybody. Oh no, it's not working for some reason. To keep I'm to- not working. No, you are. You are. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Now that is just um, when we don't have it on as much. Scott, say a couple words. Hello, everyone. Yeah, very good. Excellent. All right, so about 10 years ago, you said that, Scott. Bob, we were out fighting for trying to keep wine out of grocery stores and maintain it in New York State uh, to the uh, privately owned liquor and wine stores. And wouldn't you know it, 10 years later, it comes. So why, is this a 10-year cycle? Does this come up every 10 years, guys, or what? Well, it's always on the back burner, but uh, it seems to be yeah. more in today's light now. And uh, in Albany, it's looking to uh, yeah. try to uh, take our business away from us. So we'll talk about where they stand to gain in this. This is the discussion we had earlier because I always look at it as something like this: Who gains from this? Let's look. At, let's let's explain the whole process. Uh, the big the big grocery stores out there. Let's just use Wegmans as an example. We have Price Chopper, Hungerford here, and then the whole aspect of maybe convenience stores getting involved as well. But what they want to do is that they want to sell 
spirits and wine right out of grocery stores. Is that correct? That's correct. Up until this point, due to the rules from way back when in Prohibition, almost 100 years ago, guys, uh, they set st- the standard for the states to come up with their own set of rules. Correct. Am I right on that? Correct. So that could be, so I lived in Connecticut for two uh, terrible years, by the way, and I realized then that you could not, first of all, a liquor store doesn't exist there. you got to go to what they refer to as a package store. The only reason why I bring that up is because one state is different than the other. You couldn't buy liquor or, wine or spirits after 8 o'clock, and you couldn't buy anything on Sundays, even though there's, for, for the most part, more drunks per capita in the state of Connecticut than anywhere. Maybe that's why they established that. In New York State, we were definitely more liberal because we literally have liquor stores, which are small businesses. Right, Chris? Correct. So Correct. liquor stores, like you said, by the way, how long have you had the liquor store on the Allen's years. Plaza? So Allen's Plaza is very aggressive in terms of their marketing. And a light, nice uh, a store that you guys own, the plaza itself. It's right off the exit of Route 342, leading, into, of course, into Fort Trump. And you've been exit there 48. like exit 48. And you got billboards pop in. you got yeah. them way down in Watertown Center. Uh, and uh, you also have an electrical bill, uh, business as well, Scott. So <clears throat> here it is, 10 years ago. Oh, you do. Oh, sorry. It's mine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's kind of in the family, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Woman-owned. <laughs> Aren't you the le- electrician, though? I'm yeah. the electrician. <laughs> I, I work for my wife. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. All right, but nonetheless, uh, how many people do you employ, Chris? Uh, right now, just two. Okay, two people. All right, but uh, you. On the electrical company. Uh, the liquor store is, is four. Uh, four people. All right, but none. And it's tough because you're open seven days a week. Yes. Correct. So you might get a phone call at any given time. So and so didn't come in. Correct. So you know the small bit, especially these days. All right. So, and then the putting out, shelling out the money just to have the sh- those bottles on the shelf. I don't even want to know how much that costs, but that's yeah. one of your biggest costs. Is that correct? Correct. Correct so, inventory. So if you had the inventory, let's just throw out a figure here. If you had to open up your store today as is, could you divulge how much money you'd have to spend to, to put all that wine and liquor in there? Nearly a million dollars. Yeah, M- nearly a million bucks? So really? So there's a million dollars of liquor s- sitting in that store right now. Yeah. That's incredible. And the reason why I ask that, I don't think people realize... How how much, how, how, how much that all costs? I mean, you got to have all those different types of products and and liquor and uh, all the, in the selection. Right. So g- when you start adding all those skews. Right, right, and that's what they call them skews. Correct. Now you just mentioned this. Our new uh, governor, uh, Kathy Hochul from Buffalo, by the way, uh, she decides to go back into the till because this kept on coming up again and again. Ten years later, it's coming back again. Mm-hmm. So the state of New York is saying, you know what? This isn't a bad idea. Let's put it in Wegmans. Let's put it in the Price Choppers, the Hunger, whatever uh, the grocery stores, Tops, Piggly Wiggly. Where do they stand to gain from this, Scott? They don't really stand to gain much from it. New York State is who would get all the revenue from stocking all the stores initially the first time. Okay. After that, the same number of customers are just going to go into a different storefront and buy the product. Hmm. You aren't going to get no more new customers in New York just because you put it in a different storefront. But you said up front they're going to get, it's almost like a pilot program. You're going to get that a payment in, in lieu of taxes up front. Everyone's going to be happy. But after the fact, then it's just going to go back to nothing, essentially, or the same old thing. At the same time, eliminating small businesses like yourself. I mean, Correct. you look at it this way as a threat, Chris. If this yes. happens, what happens to your business? It cuts it in half. You're ta- I only sell two products, mm-hmm. wine and liquor. Right. You're taking it away from me. Well, yeah. And you cut it in half. Right. So then I'm barely becoming a spirit store. Mm-hmm. 
and then a high-end wine store. Right, right. So, and then, you know, all my top SKUs that, you know, my box wines, your Behringer's, your Wood, your Woodbridge, your right. Mondavi, right. CK, Josh, Sellers, all your top SKUs are all now in the, look, in the grocery stores. But, and that takes away the selection mm-hmm. for the consumer. Right. The consumer doesn't, I, think, I don't think people in New York realize that. The state of New York, you have the most amount of SKUs in the whole United States is in the state of New York. We have a ton of SKUs. In our, you have so much selection because right. you have le- over at least 3,500 uh, liquor stores. Right. So, so having a liquor store, uh, uh, independent liquor stores, means that you have more product, more variety. Correct. And, because we're all independent. And, and, and independent. If you put it into a grocery store, and again, you guys can attest to this by way of experience because you went down to Florida, you go into a grocery store, and you guys, because you're in the business, you look at it, you say, this, this isn't the variety, right, Scott? Right. There's hardly no selection. It's the top 40, 50 items, and that's all you're going to see in a grocery store. So uh, uh, are we just moving to a generic society where we just get a little bit of everything and just be satisfied with that, Scott? I mean, I know I'm leading the witness here, but it seems like that's where we're going. That seems what they want to try to do, but that's just going to affect the wineries, the New York distilleries. I mean, there's not going to be outlets to sell the products. Chris, I spoke to a guy uh, that is in the actual business itself as a liquor salesman. He works for one of the guys. I don't know if it was Southern or whichever. And he said, this is going to affect me. And I said, how is that going to be? Well, he said, well, that means I can't sell to a Wegmans. I can't sell to a price chopper. Correct. So that means th- these deals with the big chains are probably going to be done. They're probably going to eliminate. Their corporation. The, 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 exactly. So they're affected by it. Correct. Now, I happen to know, just because of my own experience, that the RNDC or, or Southern, for instance, they're pretty big companies, right? Correct. So um, are they going to bat for you with all? They have to because they, this is yes. their livelihood, too. Yes, they are. They are working at it, too, and they're also fighting along with us with their lobbyists also. So are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Because they're, you know, this... Also, this proposal is that they want uh, Amazon to come directly to uh, delivering directly from the manufacturer to the consumer, right? Completely taking us out. But on the other hand, who's there to regulate the law to mm-hmm. make sure the 16-year-old or the 15-year-old isn't signing for right. you know, right? I don't couple bottles of JD and mm-hmm. uh, Jameson. So, in other words, Jeff Bezos is not only destroying the retail environment, but now he's he's well, you are got you you're you're in retail, but he's going to go a step further because he's going to want to dominate that. I can't see how they can how they can deliver. Uh, I, I mean, I, well, no, I, I know that you can send liquor over state lines and whatnot. Oh, they're going to say that they have all their people trained and that they have you know that that they've gone through extensive training and right. they're going to be carding. Right. But who's going to regulate it? Right. Right. I mean, I get we get. Uh, Go through stings at least twice a year, sometimes three or four. What's a sting? A sting is where you have an undercover cop coming in and, and well, it's not a cop. It's You have an undercover person coming in, underage, picks up a bottle of liquor, brings it to the counter, let me see your ID, right. and he's under the age, under the appropriate, and you say, I'm sorry, you're not old enough. Okay. And hand back the ID and take the liquor. Right. Walks out okay. Walks out the door and then... You passed the test. A few minutes later, you usually have a police officer walking in and say, congratulations, you passed. Interesting. 
So, so what does the person look like, the decoy? Are they, are they an adult who's in excess of 21 years old that look younger, or are they actually someone under 21 that comes in? And some they're usually both. under 21. They're, so they're they, usually under 21, but they have some uh, that, you know, look, are like 20 or something that look like they could be. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so it's kind of like uh, Olivia Newton-John playing a 17-year-old in Greece, yeah. even at the time she was 26 or something. Uh, like Stocka Channing, she was 29 at the time. But I, that's the, okay, so that, that's that's uh, that's entrapment, or I guess that's that's progress, or sounds like entrapment to me. Well, you know. I guess you got to do what you got to do. But okay, so it's, you got to do with all the scrutiny of running a business like that, Correct. seven days a week, and now they're going to steal, take it right from you because Kathy Hochul probably made some sweetheart deal with some legislator, and like you said, Scott, they're going to get some money up front. I mean, is, is, is that what it adds up to, or is there other political forces in, in, involved here? Basically, it's just the, the New York State wants the initial tax revenue on the first sales going through. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other gains for New York State. And the, the only gain for the consumer is that you may be able to get it in the grocery store versus, unfortunately, it, usually in a lot of areas, the uh, liquor and wine stores are in the same shopping plaza as the grocery store or within a few miles of the grocery store. Right. So you don't really, it isn't that much more convenient to pick it up and buy it. You mm-hmm. can just usually drive or walk almost to the store in the same plaza a lot of times. And you guys, in your plaza, that's like I said earlier, that's like putting in a second uh, liquor store in the same plaza. And But there's a lot of examples of that. I'll give you one. Our friend Bob Lefevre, he has a liquor store with his wife uh, right next to what is now Piggly Wiggly across from the high school. So in essence, it would be two liquor stores in the same small plaza. So Correct. that affects him. It affects the guy that sells to him. It affects you. And the employees. And the employees. Employ. So we talked about the backbone of America just yesterday with Jerry Manor at Seacom uh, Credit Union. And uh, that, that represents more than 95% of all the revenue, all the businesses, all the employees that we have here in anywhere. Just, uh, so once again, New York State and Jeff Bezos are looking to uh, uh, cut into that. Uh, you also mentioned, Scott, because we're, this is a political show, that it seems like there are some Democrats on the side of the uh, legislative branch of Albany that are for this. Why is that? Where do they stay to stand again in this? It, that's the way it seems, that it's the um, downstate Democrats that are really pushing for this. Um, there must be some outside revenue or something that they're getting gaining from it. Some, some type of incentive. But you know what? When you put it all together... Unless they're getting money under the table, um, I, I just don't get this, Scott. I really don't. I don't know why yeah, they want to keep playing with the, uh, you know, when we got our license, we learned what the rules were and we followed the rules. All of a sudden, after 30 years, you want to change the rules and make it an unlevel playing field and right. take a part of your business away from everybody. But what, here's the optimistic thing. We talked about this earlier, and I just said, Scott, if you were a betting man, is this going to, again, it's one of those things where it keeps popping up, and then eventually something's going something's gonna to happen. I, I, I don't want to be pessimistic. But you, that, you're optimistic about this, Scott. We're hoping that things will go good between yeah. now and the end of session. And unfortunately, uh, about the middle of June, roughly. Okay, all right, next month. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of time here. Not much time. And after that, we're going to have to have a big fight and make sure that it stays out of the budget and make sure that uh, it doesn't appear again next year. It's going to be a constant fight going forward for a while. So who locally is, you know, can you talk to? Can you talk to uh, Senator Walzik and, uh, and, and uh, I have Scott talked Gray? to Senator Walzik. And, yeah. uh, last night I was in a meeting with Senator Griffo. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, 
they're on our side. They're not in favor of this. It's a lot of the downstate uh, senators that are in favor of it. I'm just trying to make sense of this. Why? Why? I mean, I I don't think we're going to get that answer today. But are they, is it just pure ignorance? I mean, small business, adverse effects. I mean, you go down to Brooklyn, you go down to Queens. We're talking downstate, right? Aren't those people barking at their own state representatives as well? The uh, there's three think. associations think, yeah, sure. that are uh, represent liquor and wine stores around the state. There's Retailers Alliance. There's Metro, and there's also. Uh, New York State Liquor Store Association, and we're all working together as a team, and we're all fighting for this to keep our businesses and keep our employees and to also help the wholesalers and keep the wholesalers in business. Sure. And keep our three-tier system and keeping the and keeping our laws that we had because mm-hmm. our laws that were written, what, 1933? Yeah, right, right. They actually wrote those laws with teeth in them. So right, right, right. There is regulations and there is... There is uh, Penalties to pay if you break it. Look, let me ask you: If let's just be the devil's advocate here, <clears throat> um, it happens. What, what, what go? I mean, what say you about that? I mean, obviously, it's going to have an adverse effect on on the bottom line. But have they offered any type of compromise? Well, okay, if this goes through, uh, we're going to give you a tax break. Was would they offer something like that, Scott? They haven't. I mean, obviously, if we were able to end up with liquor and wine and into the grocery stores. I would say we'd be able to sell all the other products, but mm-hmm. that isn't the business model we chose to uh, go into. I didn't choose to go into the grocery right, store right. business. This I, is a game changer. <laughs> yeah, not a good game changer. Uh, other states do it differently. Are there other states right now that had it similar to where New York is now and then were forced to, com- to compete with grocery stores? Is there an example of that, like Georgia or North Carolina, any of, the, any of that sorts? I'm not sure of any that have really changed. So it. this this is unique then. Yes. Is yeah. is New York unique that we have liquor stores to begin with, Scott? It's very good to have the regulated and controlled because you have every individual that owns a store, and you can only have one liquor store in New York State. They're the ones that are choosing the products and the selection, and they're helping looking and looking for the for customers. The right, right, right. Where if you've got a chain in Washington State or in Arkansas or wherever the chain's headquarters are, they're the ones choosing what you're going to find and what you're going to have, and that's where all the profits are going to leave New York and go to Arkansas or right. wherever the manufacturer or the retail store is mm-hmm. located at. And it's not going to stay here in uh, in Jefferson County or or in New York. Right, 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 right. So, all right. So you got guys batting for you, Scott. You feel optimistic about this, but uh, again, we're, we're none of us getting any younger. You got major investment in this over the years. You got a you know million dollar inventory inside as it is. And uh, it's your livelihood. I mean, you, granted, you, you, you guys have other businesses and so forth. But think of the other people out there that, that said, I'm, well, my wife and I are going to open up a liquor store. And this it must, well, it must worry a lot of people uh, to, to no end, which sucks. So what can people do? Can people call up and bother Mark and, uh, and people, other representatives down in Albany? What can we do? Most definitely. Absolutely. The uh, individuals can, anybody can call and let the uh, Senate and the Assembly members uh, know that uh, this isn't something that is good to lose all these small businesses in New York and right. have all these people lose their jobs. Because if a grocery store gets the uh, wine and liquor, mm-hmm. you are not going to see the grocery store hire any more people. 
they're just going to have an extra few hundred cases to put up. But not as much in terms of, like you said, Chris, right. in, in terms of uh, in selection. selection. And here's the other thing that I failed to mention, which is very important. Um, like, for instance, when White's Lumber had to comp- you know, compete with home, I think it was Lowe's first and then later on Home Depot, that happened over 30 years ago. They survived. And the big reason why they survived is because they cater to the contractor. And, you know, instead of going, and not, not, not putting down people that work in box stores, they're knowledgeable people. But you see where I'm going with this. It's going to spread out. It's, it's going to mean that you're on your own. You go into a box store these days, good luck, especially in terms of where the employment is these days. You go into a small business, and I know this from your business. I know this from going uh, on Arsenal Street. You're going to get someone who's going to actually pay attention to you. That's going to be lost as well, Chris. Correct. And, and how important is that to people? I can tell you, for one, it's huge. It's very important. Yes, every person that walks through the door wants to be treated as they're they're at, in my store. You walked in the door. You were a paying customer. Right. You were respected, and right. you were treated as such. And you and guys, you guys know your customers really well too. I do, but I also know my product, and I and I'm there to help them when they're. Either they're trying to make a recipe, right. or they're trying to come up with cocktails, right. or they're trying to do a pairing. And the only reason why I say this is because I feel comfortable knowing when I go into a store and they know me. And it, it, once that's gone, it's one of many things that are that are gone. I use the white slumber as an example. The one guy that would say, this is the type, type you need, meet me out to the gate. That's a comfort zone. Once you get, lose that... You lose a lot of things. You lose confidence in yourself right. and what you're buying. Right. Uh, so people need, obviously, what goes with fish better than steak? Uh, you go into an echo chamber, otherwise known as a box store or a big grocery store. You're and just you're not going to get. You're going to ask the produce guy. What, what kind of wine do you, should I get? Well, right. It's going to go with my fish and not my steak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my business. I'm sorry, lady. Uh, whatever. I I, they, they don't pay me enough to know all that stuff. You know, all that He's stuff. He's going to say, well, my mom gets the box wine. <laughs> so. right, 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 right. By the way, just as a, for the record, uh, I, I, I got to tell you a little story. I went, went to Lake Placid and we bought wine out there. We should have stopped at your place, but we went out there. And uh, I was with my stepdaughter-in-law, if I could put it that way. Nonetheless, I said, geez, so I'm going to get, oh, you should get this box wine. And she said, oh, I don't buy box wine. I go, why not? I says, that's not good wine. I said, so I, I'm going to ask Chris, was she wrong? And I know your answer. No, she's not. It is good wine. It is very good wine. It is good wine. And it's, it's gotten better over the years. I yeah. don't know, maybe she had a box wine. Bad exp- I just Bad think it's the perception, Chris. I just think a lot of people still think that wine should be out of a bottle, and for I don't know. I just I I, I just like the fact that I can hit that spout and tilt tip it over, and it's got a lot a lot of wine in well, it. Like a week after I bought still it. Want it on a bottle. <laughs> What's that? You still want it in a bottle? Pour it in a crap, Put it on the table. That's <laughs> true, and, and it's and it's preserved very well too. Is it yes, not? It I is. mean, the air intake. It so they design. Very fresh. They design it uh, very 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 well. All right, so phone number, is there anything, I mean, go, I mean, obviously, um, what, what are we going to give out? Mark uh, uh, Wolzik's uh, cell phone number here, guys? Is that what it takes? <laughs> <laughs> I got it if you want to go. <laughs> I think I'm I do. I'm not sure Mark will be happy yeah, with Yeah, he's me. not going to be happy with that. So, all right, so when's, when's the 11th hour? When do you guys learn about the outcome? When is, you said mid-June. It's when yeah. session for the uh, Senate and the Assembly ends, and they're done for the summer. So this at, is going to be this stage at least the first time. So the worst case scenario is ten o'clock at night before midnight, and they slip in this thing. And the broad that you were talking about down in—I'm sorry for referring to that way—the <laughs> the state representative down in New York. What was the name again? Kroger, Kruger, Liz Kruger. Liz Kruger. Is she just an example of just ignorance in Albany? 
I mean, why would she be a proponent for this when uh, the the average moron would know that this would have an adverse effect on small business? Not to mention the salespeople too, like we talked Just about. Just that she probably doesn't have the lack of it. Training and the knowledge of what goes on in the field. Is she on the take? Someone paying her? You think something like that's happening? Like we have here in City Hall? (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think so, Scott? We could say that. Come on, this is. Do you think that there's some something wrong going on here? I mean, why else? There's nothing else going on. There's no benefit to this whatsoever. There's no skin in the game for some representative from the Bronx, wherever this lady's from. It just doesn't make sense to us whatsoever. Of Maybe Hochul why... is looking to make her name for herself, and it's not going to be a good one. Do you realize, For I mean, we were going to have Andrew or Cuomo for at least another two terms. We're not even halfway through Hochul's term. We have her for at least another 15, 16 years. Isn't that awful? It is. It really, it really, it's like Nora O'Donnell. She, as bad as she is, as bad as they both are, we can't get rid of these people because there's no one to replace them. And you, it, it, it's just the, it's the, the, the machine is too strong. So what do we do? Is New York State just unfriendly to small business, like I said at the outset? I hope not because the small business is the backbone of the country. We're what employ the people. We're what pay the taxes. And right. uh, without small business, I don't know where New York State and the United States is going to be. It's what needs to be out there no, all over. More and more. No, no question. No question. Well, guys, thanks for being with us today. And uh, Thank so you for having we us. Gotta, we have to have some means of, uh, of staying in contact. Uh, do you know the particular date when, when all that happens? I'm looking at a calendar beyond you. Is it like the third week in June? Or six, I think you said the 16th, Scott? Roughly about that. All right. So let's stay in touch. And uh, let's do a phone call either the day of or the day after. You feel confident that this isn't going to happen. I'm very hopeful that we're going to be winning on this one right now. And unfortunately, the fight's still going to continue next fall, I'm afraid. But I'm That's hoping we make it fierce. through this session at least. Interesting. And, and Chris, you feel the same way? Yeah, I do. I think, it's, I think it's going to be taken care of this year. We'll not go in. But September, when uh, they go back in session, I think we're going to, we, we need to go right along with them. And right, right. Just like going back to school. Right, and educate them once again, yeah. Get your pencil box and all that other stuff. Yep. Get, a, get your shine box. No, I was kidding. Uh, all right, so real a quick plug, uh, Allen's Plaza, Route uh, 342, 342, exit, exit 48. 48. And easy of course, on, easy off. Easy on, easy off. And, of course, what Chris says all the time, Pop in. Pop in. Pop in. Cheers. And we, we see uh, Chris Allen, I think, on Channel 50 on a regular basis. Is that correct? I ha- was on Channel 50, but right now I have, I'm not. Ah, ah, well, we got to do something about that. Uh, right. uh, well, and, I'm on, on NBC. I'm sorry. You're on NBC 45. Okay. Uh, well, hopefully we can talk more about your product and everything that you do, not to mention your electrical business as well, your business. Uh, Chris and, and Scott Allen, thank you very much uh, thank for you, being here. And you. one last question. Did they ever find the uh, the uh, a long ways uh, tractor that was buried in Route 81 in the early 60s? Not know, that I'm aware no. of. <laughs> I know that's a, that's that's one of the more I guess you could say it's not an urban legend. It actually happened, right, Scott? Yep, they yeah. lost a bulldozer out they, there. They buried it because he got upset of something or other with the state. And it wasn't worth getting it out. Yeah. <laughs> I love stories like that. Excellent, guys. Thank you very much. We're going to do a break. You're listening to the Live Five Show, and we got Jason Widrick from uh, Jefferson County Stop DWI. Coming in right after this. Roof looking older than you are, finding more tiles in your lawn. Outcomes 1-800-608-3333-215 Burnett Avenue in Syracuse, Watertown, Rochester, Binghamton, Montrose, PA, and Oneonta. 
And welcome back to the uh, Live at Five show. Busy day today. Uh, thanks again to uh, Chris and Scott Allen. And okay, and with us today, it, first time ever, is our friend uh, Jason Widrick. And Jason, you wear two hats. Uh, you're the senior probation officer for Jefferson County, yes. plus you're the coordinator for Stop DWI, once again, of Jefferson County. And you were just stating that's a little different from other counties, but uh, you know, you get to do both here. Yeah, yeah, move up to that microphone. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, in some counties, the, uh, um, the Stop DWI coordinator is uh, with, like, the Alcohol and Substance Abuse Council yeah. or the Sheriff's Department in some locations. But with us, it's the Jefferson County Sheriff's you Probation were, Department. You're wearing a badge. Does that make you a police officer? Uh, no, I'm a peace officer. You're a peace officer? Yes, sir. What, do you have a clipboard and you go to do domestic disputes? No, just uh, kidding. No. <laughs> uh, but, but you look very official. Looks, I mean, uh, these two titles, it looks like you should be wearing a Glock on you right now, Jason. I oh, yeah, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Just came from the office. Hey, now. <laughs> but wait a minute. You're a police officer. A peace officer, yes. Uh, in New York State, you have to be a peace officer to carry a weapon. Really? Yes. That, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, uh, needless to say, Jason. Not but, every probation department does carry. In Jefferson County, we started carrying, I think, about 10 years ago. Why, years why ago. do you carry? Uh, for defensive purposes only. Okay. Uh, the difference between a peace officer and a police officer yeah. is a peace officer... Uh, does not have to engage. And if there's a situation where we can extricate ourselves yeah. from a violent situation, we're going to leave. Right, right, right. Um, whereas a, a police officer has to engage. Interesting. But you still have the gun for reasons just in case some crazy bastard does come I at you. I hope it never does. Yeah. Have you ever had some issue? I mean, do you have an example of someone who might have gotten violent with you over an issue? or I've, I've had incidences where uh, I have unfortunately had to uh, restrain someone who was going to hurt themselves or others. Uh, yeah. But uh, that those were short lived luckily we were able to bring the individual under control right verbally de-escalate them and then uh do what we needed to do in contacting the police so a probation officer deals with people that are in trouble and yes. that, that are pretty much on loan into society before they go <clears throat> back it, into being a part of the penal system am I, am I right on that it's it's a little more complicated yeah. um an individual gets arrested yeah uh, that individual goes and commits what is considered a crime right uh, depending on what type of crime that is, they can be. The judge can say, "We'll put you on bail," right? Or the uh, <clears throat> the judge can say, "You know what? You need someone to kind of watch over you. We'll have the probation department give you a pretrial release, mm -hmm. uh, so you have an officer you have to check in with." We have a department. Part of my department deals with that. Yeah. Uh, and or they say, you know, um, we're going to have you stay on pretrial, and now you've been convicted of a crime. Mm -hmm. What we think you need is uh, a probation officer to supervise you. So right. we have someone who goes on active supervision and that person is typically who we work with so that's changed in recent years because of the new penal laws yes uh, uh bail reform changed some things yeah uh, and uh, changed a little bit we saw a lot more influx of uh, uh pre-trial okay uh, is it better or worse uh it's it's apples and oranges you know what i mean it just kind of changed the way we had to approach aren't, uh, aren't you busier things? now because we're very busy yeah because <laughs> always very busy <laughs> and, 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 and from a layman's term i mean from the way i see it if there's more people out in the street that are not incarcerated after committing a crime that's your responsibility that means more souls on the streets it it means uh definitely an effort to try to get people into preventative services so yeah. you know if you ended up in trouble with the law uh yeah, if yeah. you ended up in trouble with the law what ended up happening was something went wrong yeah uh if there was a reason for that if you're in need of mental health treatment if right. you're in need of substance abuse treatment right uh, our job is to try to get you connected to those or, things or just a smack in the head no sorry jason just just my opinion some people just really need you know something else but and i know what you're saying 
and because we hear this all the time, you, you want to help people that are in trouble. We yeah. just had a high-profile incident that happened to a guy that's committed many, many crimes in the New York City subway. And a, a big guy like yourself you know, took it upon himself to restrain him. Now he's looking at maybe some jail time of his own. So you see how people are reacting to all this, this, this whole revolving chain. So I envy you for what you do. And I know, you know this is your job and whatnot. But I would dare say that since Albany changed those rules, I believe back in 2019, it's it's made your day-to-day job even more difficult. I think that we've had to, we've had to access a lot more new skills, mm-hmm. uh, and not I can't even say new skills. We've had to utilize skills that uh, we as peace officers really have to use our verbal judo, right? And get in there and talk to people, uh, mm-hmm. try to de-escalate them, assess what they need, right? Uh, versus any type of um, physical conflict. Sure, you know what I mean. Uh, I think that it required us to access a whole new skill set as well as pick up new skills right. in an effort to deal with people that, you know, sometimes they don't want to be on probation or they don't want to be supervised by right, anybody. Right, 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 right. You know, a lot of empathy goes a long way and right. uh, a whole lot of, hey, here are the rules. Right. Um, now that we know what they are, let's work together to help you follow them. That sure. way you don't get yourself in trouble. Right, 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 right. But uh, again, ideally that's, but you're dealing with people that for the most part, and again, I just don't want to jump to, con- to conclusions, but you're dealing with a lot of people that are rational and they don't want any, like you just said, they don't want that supervision. You know, and, and uh, I think the, the numbers are, and they may have changed, yeah. uh, but you know, 85% of the population that ends up on probation just wants to do what they've got to do sure and you know a good 50 percent of that 85 mm-hmm. percent are people that are like you know what some stuff's going wrong in my life right let's, let's you know do what we got to do here maybe mm-hmm. i'll learn some stuff along the way mm-hmm. there is a percentage of that that 35 percent that's kind of like you know what i just want to kind of do what i've got to do right um and and go forward right um with my life mm-hmm. and this incident happened and i'm just kind of looking to put it behind me mm-hmm. it's that 15 percent of the clients that you know the, right. the people that are recidivistic and, right, and right. are uh, consistently in the system and, and repeat those, offenders you have to yes they, and you have to work extra hard to try to offer them opportunities because at some point you know right. even those repeat offenders in my career right. have look have uh, you know had times where they're like you know what mm-hmm. i have been living this hard scrabble life for a long time right. i'm kind of done right. you know I, I really would like to, to have you seen forward. that have you seen oh, that? I, i've been <clears throat> privileged to be a very small part right and witness that i I work with an amazing group of officers who come from various skill sets Mm -hmm. uh whether it be mental health department of social services substance addiction treatment right uh and and they all get together and and we have you get to witness people they have that moment where they go you know what Mm -hmm. i'm done right drugs i'm putting down right i'm done uh you know uh being a problem mm-hmm. in the community and breaking the laws and then going forward and being successful. And sometimes they stop back mm-hmm. and they, they shake your hand. And they say, Hey, you know, well, remember that time you were telling me, you know, right. that if I don't stop, I'm going to end up going to jail. Right. You were right. I right, ended right. up there and I just wanted to say thanks for kind of being there. It's kind of like a, <clears throat> an episode of, uh, of uh, Kojak. It's like, Hey, come on. Theo, come on. I straightened out. Come on. You arrested me 20 years ago. I'm much, what's the, what's the golden age of someone that turns their life around? In your there, there is not you can you can get folks uh and i wish uh um i have uh, one of my director is an amazing human being name of christine maloney uh who is uh who's been in doing this for three decades plus i'm sorry christine yeah uh, she's right. yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. she's been doing it for a long time i don't want, want to give her away her age mm-hmm. uh but uh you know she's uh she's one of those people who we consistently have the people when they come back they right. you know hey this person called me and want to say thank you to the officer who, mm. who helped them out. She's witnessed it certainly more than, I, than mm-hmm. someone who's like myself, right. but um, there's no golden age. Sometimes people get it when they're, 
they're 17 years old and they're on a juvenile supervision term right, and right. they turn 18 and they go, big boy jail, I'm good. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, and right. sometimes they're in their 60s and right. they just go, you know what, I've had enough of the, I, I've, it's a privilege to watch it when that happens because mm -hmm. they'll have years of just kind of living rough mm -hmm. and then they go, you know what, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get sober and uh, or or get help for the issues that I have, sure. so that I can be successful. And, mm -hmm. and those are really fantastic to watch. So it sounds like primarily the people that you deal with, and maybe this is just a coincidence, or this is just where society is. You deal with people that are are, are afflicted or, or addicted, rather, at some time or another, by drugs or alcohol, mm -hmm. and they can't get. But are, are there? I'm sure there's other people that just can't stop stealing stuff and committing crimes or or, or worse crimes than that, Jason. I, I think you learn uh, my personal belief here, and and I'm certain there's there's evidence out there somewhere to back it up is yeah. you know the stuff that you learn when you're a kid yeah. becomes the example for what you do when you're an adult mm -hmm. if you if the only way you know how to you know procure food and shelter and things like that is right. to bounce from place to place and take what you need mm -hmm. regardless of the laws mm -hmm. and that's what you're going to do right right you know yeah. and i think when you when you take the time and you show people a different way right sometimes they're willing to grab a hold of that and move forward sure and other times it takes a little bit yeah you know so what we're talking about is your second hat, and that's the fact that you are the Stop DWI coordinator for Jefferson County. First of all, how long have you been working as for Jefferson County to begin 13 with? wonderful years. 30, you mentioned that. 30, and how long have you been the coordinator for Stop DWI? I took over for a gentleman who retired by the name of Rick Beresford. Uh, I believe that was, this will be my fourth year yeah. uh, as uh, uh, as the Stop DWI coordinator. Hmm, nice. Uh, okay, so that, this, this is the big weekend. Uh, this is when they say life gets really dangerous yep. over the next four or five months right through Labor Day. And that's because there's more people on the road, more people going out. I mean, there's going to be a record amount of people this this weekend. I, for one, I'm, by the way, just as a programming note, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm heading down to Long Island tomorrow morning, uh, first time in a long time. So a lot of people, COVID's over. Now things are picking up again. So more and more, uh, we got to be careful because there's, there's more cars out back on the street, just like back in 2018, 2019. Will we see more? force uh, police cars this weekend as an example of that, Jason. So one of the things that is going on this weekend is this is what they call a targeted high visibility enforcement campaign mm -hmm. where we have a lot more officers on the streets because there's a lot more risk. People mm -hmm. are going to be out. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a couple of beverages if, if your legal circumstances allow right. and, uh, and if you're doing it safely and responsibly. Getting behind the wheel of a car after doing that is right. a terrible idea. So mm -hmm. those officers from various agencies, our Jefferson County uh, Sheriff's Department, right. Watertown City Police, the Village Police's uh, police agencies that right, are the around YMCA us. guys. No, uh, no. <laughs> the, the Village Police agencies yeah, yeah. like uh, you know Alexandria Bay, and right. Carthage, and things like that sure. uh, are also joining in. And then of course the New York State Police mm -hmm. are going to be out in force to try to make sure that hey, if you know if, if you're getting behind the wheel and you're making choices for other people right. to get behind the wheel and drive. Right. Right you really shouldn't be on the road. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be watching out for you and hopefully get you away from a, a car. What is the BAC level right now? 0 0.08? 0, uh, 0.08. They're looking at going to 0.05, if I'm not mistaken, Jason. There is some stuff that is in front of the legislature that is being looked at. Yeah. Uh, last status update I had on that was that it was still kind of being mulled over. Yeah, that's a big jump down. Don't you agree? Uh, it's. I think that there will be a... Uptick in the amount of people that get in trouble if they are driving with a 0.05 mm -hmm. versus a 0.08, just statistically. Okay. You know what I mean? I know that the, that the reasons we're looking f at that number are the fact that you start becoming impaired at about that. Like 0.06 has always been a DWAI. Okay. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. Uh, and, and what we're trying to do is kind of 
take that level of impairment down a little bit that's right. allowable. Right, right. So uh, I, the, the intentions behind it are to try to keep our streets just as safe as possible. Which I get. And again, there's other things out there. Uber is, is re- relatively new in the last five, ten years. People could do that. But people just, we were talking earlier about alcohol because of the sales of, of, of uh, alcohol being, you know, thought uh, rather the whole aspect of it being sold in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's, it's a matter of responsibility, whether you buy it from a grocery store or a liquor store or not. It's, you know, you, you lose your rationale when you're at a certain level. But you just said something interesting. Say, for instance, if, you know, uh, if, if you're going to do 55 miles an hour, you can get away with 65. But if they brought it down to 55 again, then there's going to be less people inclined to speed. Is it the same thing? In other words, if they bring it from 0.08 to 0.05, will that mean less people will probably reconsider going out and drinking again? Is that the idea? If, if that's the approach, I think, and I, and I can't speak to the mindset of the legislators that are involved for the yeah. state, but that would make logical sense to me as like, hey, if there's enough of a deterrent. Right. I mean, as it sits right now, if you get a DWI uh, in New York State, you're yeah. looking at at least $12,000 worth of expense. Wow. Not including secondary expenses such as job loss right. or uh, license, uh, the, the general hassle right. of trying to find a job if you get your license suspended right, or sure. having to deal with an ignition interlock system or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It's actually worse than pushing someone out in front of a moving train in New York City. It's, it's, it's It costs you more and you're not going to get out the same day. I'm, I'm just being, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little levity here, Jason, but it seems like it's a little lopsided. Why do we, again, this is my opinion, I know there's too many, what What are the statistics these days? Ever since MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, started, what, what 30 years ago or so, mm-hmm. has there been a noticeable decrease in drunk driving in the last 20 years? So I can tell you, uh, I can't speak to the MAD statistics, yeah, sure. but since, uh, the Jefferson County, uh, since Jefferson County and all the other counties in New York State started participating and created the Stop DWI program, there's been a 70% reduction in impaired driving. Nice. That's a lot. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and to have that ability to impact directly the safety of our community right. has been phenomenal and, mm-hmm. and an enormous uh, enormous part of what keeps us going. Seeing those numbers and going, all right, we're doing what we need to do. Right. Here's the thing. We have two entities that advertise, if in the case someone gets a DWI, and you've heard the commercials before, and I did reach out to someone, not from your organization, but someone else who said that the DWI numbers up here are, are, are in pro- proportionally out of proportion for the rest of the state and the rest of the country. Are we the drunkest city and community in, in New York State and beyond? I don't, I don't necessarily <laughs> speak to that. I can tell you our numbers, uh, we had, <clears throat> I believe it was, uh, I was doing the state report yeah. Not too long ago, and I think it was 263 DWIs last year, calendar year. And you look down at Kings County, if memory serves, it Brooklyn, was something like yeah. 1,110. Uh, 1, okay. So for... An, an area that size yeah, yeah. with that population. Right. I think we are disproportionately Oh, my higher. God. It's not even... Okay, let's yeah. go over that again. Brooklyn got 1,100 in one year, and we got Jefferson County. You're referring to Jefferson County, the Tri-County area. Jefferson just, County. Just Jefferson County, a population of roughly 125,000 people, regardless of how uh, everyone's leaving Watertown. The county still has about at least 120, 125. And we're not counting uh, Fort Drum. I don't think we can. So let's tack on another 20, let's just say at least 140,000 people versus Brooklyn, which is 2.5 million people. We got a lot of drunk people up here, Jason. <laughs> well, I, I think that it, it absolutely proves the fact that the programs that we have in place yeah, yeah. That, that we do right. uh, for Stop DWI are absolutely necessary. And we need to uh, continue pushing right. to 
um, make it so that people aren't interested in getting behind the wheel. Right. We provide them education. Right. Provide uh, not only the deterrence at the at the uh, curb. Right. Where you're gonna you know you're gonna get fined. You know you're gonna get caught. Right. Uh, deterrence through the district attorney's office, who's sure. wonderful about prosecuting these and trying to work with offenders. If if they've got an individual who's mm-hmm. a repeat offender, you know they'll you know hey, are you interested in a drug court program? Sure. Sure. Are you interested in getting some help for what is clearly a problem? For right. You? Right. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. 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 Want a um, cocktail? No, it's good. Are you interested in a cocktail? No, not really. Uh, but that's amazing. But getting back to the, uh, the Brooklyn thing, the one thing that is true, more people will drive longer distances up here than they will in Brooklyn because okay. of mass transportation and people are, you know, confined, you know, pretty much can walk within the distance between their local bar, more so than they can here. So mm-hmm. there are other factors, but still, that's staggering. How do we measure up to another county that's like Oswego County? Do you know those numbers by any chance? I don't actually know Oswego's yeah, yeah. numbers off the top of my head. Right, uh, right. I, uh, uh, I wouldn't be able to speak to them. So, but I just know that you know dealing with you know bars over the years. Whenever I talk to the the uh, the BAC, uh, what, what the ABC people, excuse me, down in Albany, I would say they ask me, "Well, where are you calling from?" This is I'm calling from Watertown. Oh, Watertown. Oh, well, we got some stories up there. We seem to have that kind of you know uh, a reputation mm-hmm. as of in by you know in you know drinking more than the average. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's just just the way it is. Uh, but uh, obviously, it keeps you busy though, Jason. It does and and I'll I will say this is that I uh, part of the engagement part of that high visibility engagement campaign is is getting out in the community right and I've in, interfaced with I think a dozen of our local establishments that sell alcohol right every single one of them is very receptive like hey we want people to come here sure. we want people to have fun right we definitely are going to do everything we can to try to keep them from getting in a car you know what I mean Get, getting the ride share right apps right and, right and posting that information at their doors Th- that's so important They're great yeah and, and by the way we can't, we can't forget left let's let's do a quick break you got to stick around this is a short break uh, you're listening to Jason Widrick here on the Live at Five show, uh, DWI Jefferson County Coordinator and Senior Probation Officer. Great stuff. Uh, and we'll be back right after this. My name is Gloria. We real proud sponsor to the Hotline and Live at Five shows. Uh, welcome back. Uh, yes, our new sponsor, of course, uh, uh, Robbins Automotive Sales and Service. And who could forget our friends at Widrick Auto Sales, who just came off a great four-day May Day sales event. And don't forget L.A. Quarry. Uh, up in the forest. Okay, so we're talking with Jason Widrick here. Are you originally from uh, Lowellville? Widrick's a big, big name. My whole family is from here. From from here. Yes. Are you related to the Steve Widrick, the Widrick uh, uh, dealership, by any chance? Or? I understand they are. They are my cousins. My father was. Uh, uh, my grandfather was Walter Widrick, who ran Widrick Electric forever. Yeah. And then my uncle Barry took it over. That's a great name, Walter Widrick. Yeah. You know that's World uh, War II vet. Fantastic. Oh, I'm uh, sure he fantastic was. Fantastic guy. Yeah. Amazing. All right, so uh, how do, you know, again, I always look at it this way. You get a bunch of kids, you know, fourth graders, and you bring in a car that was in a, tr- in a wreck. You know, for, for, for years, Watertown would dig up this car that was the, a car, used, uh, unfortunately, part of a fatality. And they would show a bunch of sixth graders, this is what happens when you drink beer. And I said, okay, that's good. It's, it's a scare tactic. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you're trying to impregnate this, this idea that this is bad at a young age. But when it comes right down to it, Jason, alcohol and hormones and beautiful women and keg parties, all that goes out. The, he was at fourth, when you're in the fourth grade, you're like, oh, I'm never going to drink and drive when I get to that age. And that goes right out the window. What, what do you do to the people out there tonight, tomorrow, 4th of July, New Year's, whichever, that constantly make that same mistake, Jason? Well, uh, as far as we try to educate them yeah. ahead of time. Right. Okay. We're in the schools. We've got uh, uh, Save a Life comes in, does 
3D simulators, right. tries to get that message out there. For the people that are continually out and drinking and driving, they, I think the statistic was if uh, you're drinking and driving, you've done it at least 300 times before. Right, uh, right, right. When you get caught. Interesting. Yeah. So, Interesting. Um, you yeah. know, for those people, uh, the courts have programs, treatments, right. processes that right. Right. are going to try to deter you. Mm -hmm. If you continue coming back, uh, then those obviously those punishments get more harsh in sure. the court's eyes. Sure, sure. Uh, and if you get two two DWIs these days, you're in a you're in a boatload of trouble. Yes. Yeah. Not yes. to mention financially, of course. Financially, it's a problem. Uh, you get two in a row. The second one is actually a felony. Right. Uh, and if it remains a felony, if the courts don't do any pleas or right. you don't enter a treatment to get a enter treatment to get a reduction. Yeah. So, not not to mention if you have a child in the car. That's yes, a child uh, under Leander's law. Right, uh, right, right. Your fines are going to be significantly higher. Which, which was the Leander? How did that so? Was that the, that horrible accident in the Taconic? Yes. Was that the okay? Yes. And there was an example of someone that was on a Saturday excursion with the family. Uh, no one knew that she was probably she had probably done it at least three hundred times before. Yeah, I mean she was uh, heavily impaired. Yeah. had a, a carload of kids. Yeah, uh, and then uh, went the wrong way on uh, the Taconic Parkway in yes. broad daylight, in broad and she daylight. killed two two other people, I believe. Yes, I, I know seven total uh, died in that horrific, horrific. All right, so where can people go? I mean, I always say this, but do people can people go online and find out more about the dangers of drunk driving and and you know. Absolutely. The uh, StopDWI.org yeah. uh, is, uh, um, is the StopDWI Foundation, or just Google the StopDWI Foundation for New York. Uh, you can uh, uh, go to our website. There's tons of information, tons of videos on there. We actually have an app now. Mm -hmm. That app has a ride share button mm -hmm. on right. there nice. that will, if you're impaired, you're at a bar, right. you don't have a ride, go onto the app, press the ride share button, and it'll call you a ride. What, uh, we should all get an Uber app. It's free. You just get your credit card on that. Is Uber helping? Oh, the, the the implementation of rides rideshare apps up here, yeah. uh, Lyft, Uber, etc., have been instrumental in getting those numbers down. They're your best friend. Uh, and and wanna... Listen, we got to go. But Jason Widgett, thank you very much thank for being you, with sir. us today. A very, very important thanks again to the Allens. Uh, and I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm going down to Long Island, and I'm not coming back until next Tuesday because <laughs> happy Memorial Day, everybody. Have a great weekend. The weather's going to be absolutely fantastic. And to make thing, things legal, AM 1240, WE10 Watertown, that makes us legal, Jason. And up next, of course, CBS News. See you on Tuesday. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com.